listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Welcome to another episode of the Rural Ministries Podcast. I'm Garrett Fryer hosting once again, and in the studio today, I have Cody Cochran. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, you may have heard his first podcast we did with him talking about rural ministry and kind of his experience through that. Uh, but once again, we've got him in the studio today. Why don't you welcome everybody? Hey, what's up? Glad you're here. Excited to be here with Garrett. So we talked about uh, rural ministries, kind of your journey through that over the last 18 years in just a quick snapshot. Uh, but one of the things that you've been able to do is you've got three campuses now, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. And where are those at? Our home campus is in Anson. Then we have another campus in Sweetwater, Texas, and another campus in Albany, Texas. And you started with, well, you started, well, you started in Anson, right? Yep, started in Anson. What was your first campus? Our first campus was Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Take us through that journey. How did this, how did this whole thing progress? Well, um, I had a guy that was my associate for seven years. Crazy story. His name is Carter Edmondson. His name is Carter Kirk Edmondson. My name is Cody Kirk Cochran. And in my baby book, his parents and my parents were friends. His daddy's name is Johnny Kirk. So years ago, our parents were friends. I was named after his dad. He chose the rodeo life. I chose the ranch life and two different lives separated. Lord's working on both of us and brings us back together in ministry. And so anyway, Carter been there seven years with me as my associate. And then we just felt like that uh, the Lord was calling us to do something in Sweetwater. And so we just stepped out on faith and said, Carter, take off. What did that look like? You find a building, you find a church. We did not find a building. Carter's Carter's wife taught school in Sweetwater. So we felt like that was already an inn there. It's 45 miles to Sweetwater. How how Um, big is Sweetwater? Sweetwater is about 8,000. Okay. So it's bigger. Oh, so it's a city. Yeah. 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 It's a big city. Yeah. A metropolis. And so uh, we went over there, set up and tore down at the Coliseum in the annex building over there. We just had a portable, you know, sound system set up, tore down, did church on Sunday uh, morning and Wednesday nights. That's all we did. So obviously he was a good friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, John just I mean, worked with you for seven years. Oh yeah. And I assume they moved to the community. Yeah. Correct. Was it a difficult situation? Like, I mean, you're still only 45 miles, but that's, I mean, that can yeah. be a long ways. For sure. That was the biggest obstacle I think for us to overcome. We both knew in our spirits, the Lord called us over there. We actually had people in that community saying to us, are y'all ever going to come over here? Are you ever going to plant churches over here? I mean, so it was just, like the Lord just blew the doors wide open. And then I'd be, I'm I'm a self-proclaimed evangelist of manliness. You know what? I don't even believe in crying, (laughs) but but I'm telling you the day that he and I sat in in his office upstairs at our Anson campus and prayed and just knew we cried like girls, man, because we knew that it was, and yeah, they were our best friends. He has three children. Like I had three children. We spent every Sunday afternoon together. We spent every Wednesday night together. We were the best of friends, not only he and I, but his wife and my wife and our kids, man. And so, yeah, when we launched him, it was a very, it was a huge, huge struggle and sacrifice on everybody's part, you know, to lose them. But felt like it was one that was worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how long ago was that? That's about five years ago. And how's that going? Going amazing, going amazing. I mean, through the favor of God, we had a, um, a building, uh, another denomination, which is so crazy, shows the power of God, and the kingdom of God. Another denomination was in decline and they came to us and they said, we see what God's doing. 
We've been praying for this little young, healthy, life-giving church to come into our community. We believe you're the answer to prayer. And at the end of the day, they had documents drawn up, deeded over a million-dollar property to Bethel and said, here, go take off. That's incredible. And so, yeah, it just, it's amazing what God can do. And when you step out on faith like that, make sacrifices. God sees it. You know, sometimes we feel like he doesn't, but he always sees it. Okay. Yeah. So you were here on campus about a year ago, and at that time you only had two campuses. Mm -hmm. And now you're into the third campus. Why don't you yep. walk us through that? Third campus, another homegrown guy. That's kind of what we believe in. Rural ministry, culture is huge. It's what we always say. You can't take a guy from the city, take him out to the country. He just doesn't fit the culture. He's not People are not going to embrace him, don't trust him. So we try to raise our own up. We're kind of like uh, California. I mean, like Colorado, we have some shirts that say Bethel, and we say we grow our own. <laughs> and so <laughs> we California try to. Grows our own. Yeah, California yeah, too. Yeah. So anyway, young guy, grown up in our church through the ministry, felt called, discipled him, and then launched him into Albany. Albany's different because Sweetwater was a church plant, a brand new church plant, no old mindsets, no old sacred cows. It was straight all from straight from scratch. And our DNA, Albany, another deal, Revite. Uh, church had been in decline for 15 years, burned out four pastors, debt in the building. It was a mess. It was a wreck. It was horrible. Through the help of the district, we went in, closed the church down, let it set for about a year, let the grass grow up, let it die. And then we began, we launched over there with Revite. And so it's still more of a struggle because you still have those other people that have been there for years and they're used to doing it one way. And it's a struggle and it's not grown as fast, but gosh, young families, people getting saved. And so it's tougher, but still worth it. So what does your model of church planning look like? Do you guys live broadcast in? Do you guys collaborate on sermons and each preaches their own? What does that look like? Yeah, we collaborate. We stay, we want to stay connected because we're all from that one place. And our church, our home church, Anson, they love Carter and his family that went to Sweetwater. And they love Luke who went to Albany. So once a quarter, we're going to rotate around and we're going to let everybody come home and we're going to go over there and preach. And so we collaborate, work together, same series, same sermon topics, each person write their own. You know, there's a lot of people that do video stuff in West Texas. They want a guy. They want a body. They want a handshake. They want a hug. They want to see somebody. And so I think that helps with our discipleship, too. You know, it gives those, takes those guys and chunks them in the fire and go, you better learn to preach, buddy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we try to stay connected through that way and work together. It's a pack model, we call it parent-affiliated church. Um, we love that because it kind of protects our guys. We feel like it's our job to protect them. So our elders, I would be considered the senior pastor of Sweetwater and Albany. And my elder, our elders at Anson are the governing body of those two places. That way you can walk alongside with them. You can help them make financial decisions, do the changes, and protect them from the wolves if need be. And then at some point, we would hope to move them to an autonomous you know, top church with their own set of elders and stuff. But now kind of like send your kid to college. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. still going to kind of go over them, help them a little bit. Check out them. Yeah, sure. So any aspirations for more? Sure. That, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to, we got uh, two guys, I guess probably that are ready now, but where I live in West Texas, you got a town every 15, 20 miles. I thought we were rural till I drove from Spearfish to over here. <laughs> and out here it's like 60 miles to the yeah. next town. Yeah. But um, in all of those little towns, there's a little AG church. And there's a man there that's faithful, been there 40 years, like the guy I follow, yeah. taking money out of his own bank account yep. to keep those doors open. And uh, with all due respect, it's probably his season is up, but he's struggling. And so he stays there. And so the churches are not just real healthy. And so I don't think it would be honorable for us to go into a town of a thousand and plant on top of that. 
And so we're just kind of raising people up, preparing people, waiting for that natural cycle of God, the season of God. And when the opportunity comes, we have these guys trained and fit the culture to go out and, and revitalize those, those churches. So Sweetwater's 45 miles. Mm -hmm. And the other one? 45. Is, oh, okay. Yep. Nice. And are you right in the middle there? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep, right in the middle. How much further out would you go? Would you go 150 miles, 200 miles? Like Yeah, you know, I don't think there's, I hate to put any limitations yeah. on the Lord, but once you get past 60, 70, 80 miles, you'd lose that culture. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, old chicken fried Cody, I can't go to the Oaks Fellowship in Red Oak where Scott Wilson is yeah, yeah. and reach those people. You know what I mean? And so I think we would stay within that culture. We'd come to South Dakota and plant one if it was in that culture. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. You know, because I'm sure at times creating that DNA across the campuses mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that you're unified and sure. is difficult at times, but it sounds like you've obviously got a kind of a grasp on that. What would you say to a pastor that was, you know, maybe looking at doing this? What was, what was maybe the most difficult thing that you didn't see coming when planting a second? What I, okay, that's a good that's a good question because I told my friend Mike Harper this. I said, "You suckers didn't tell me this." <laughs> when we launched at Sweetwater, we already had some people that were coming from that direction. So we didn't just send Carter and his family. We took some people from there, you know, and asked them, "Will you commit to go over here?" So. Not only did we lose Carter, but we lost probably 30 other people, 40 other people that went with them over there. And so what they didn't tell me is it's tough on the mother church or the home church because, you know, you're sending quality people. You're sending people that are going to help do ministry. And all of a sudden you're missing your partner in crime. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah, Lone Rangers yeah. lost Tonto. And next thing you know, you've lost 30 people too. And so it's emptier and it looks different. And so it was a struggle to have to fight through that thing and which it and again though it helped discipleship because it made us dig in and it made us find ways to get more people volunteered and to teach them to do the things that these other people were doing that now live so it's a win-win deal it's not always easy but it's a win-win deal well, that makes sense. Uh, so when you when you decided okay we're going over here this week learner how did you how did you get the whole church on board for this? Like is there just preacher of passion and everybody jumps on or well, how did you, get that to go? you know what? That's what I said. I've built Lord's let me build a church over eighteen years and done on two things, energy and passion. That's all I got, you yeah. know. But I just think a, a pastor's greatest arsenal is is vision. Is just share vision, you know, share kingdom stuff with them of look, man, we don't want to be selfish and keep this guy. Selfishly we do, but you yeah, know what? It's yeah. about the kingdom. It's bigger. And so I just think I think people want to be led. Yeah. I mean, I just really do. I think they want to be led something that's bigger than what they've seen and bigger what they've experienced and just just sharing vision with them. What could happen? And so now you can look back and, and go, Wow. You know, I think I, I think I told you in chapel this morning, I think we had like um I don't remember the exact number, seventeen hundred people across the three campuses you know, we started with 13. And so now you can look and those people are like, Oh wow. And so now when I get ready to launch the next guy, they're going to be like, okay, let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause they see the bigger picture. And so I think vision's it. Vision's the answer. That's good. Anything else you'd want to give as far as pointer or tip or advice for somebody that's looking at launching a next campus? I say go for it, man. I mean, I really do. I think we can rationalize, we can justify, we can wait and put it off. And I just think if you, if the Lord's put it on your heart and you got the guy or the gal that's ready to do it, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be easy. And I know our districts and, and I know the assemblies have put packages together and plans together of how to do it. But I just think, especially in rural America, you just got to jump and go do it and be willing to work hard, be willing to dig into the community and be willing to love people. And so, you know what? Don't, don't hold off. It's, 
Yeah. Get accurate. Yeah. From, from what I've seen, I, I feel like there's definitely much more support for this type of thing now than there ever has been. Like, Absolutely. If, if you're doing it on your own, it's because you're choosing to do it on your own. Yeah. Because you're inviting others to help you through the process. Awesome. Yeah. I'm telling you, for 15 years, I, I've said it in the previous podcast, I begged for help. You know, I mean, and to be totally honest, I guess we got time for this. We, our, our, district super, our district assistant superintendent put on a weekend retreat to teach about missions. I had never been taught missions. I didn't know anything about it. I was a Baptist boy. I knew Lottie Moon Missionary Fund. We did it one time a year in the Baptist church. That's all I knew. And so within this, I w- we'd been pastoring four or five years, struggling, one staff member, bivocational, just wore out, smoked down, broke, didn't handle money. And the district goes, hey, bring you and your wife down here, and you can stay two nights at this motel, and we'll talk about missions. It's all on us. You're so, thinking two nights away and from I'm thinking, Sign me up. I'm in. I'm all in. And so we did. We went and the Lord broke our heart for missions that week. And the previous year, we'd given $6,000 to missions. And I came home and shared missions with passion. And the next year, we gave $129,000. And so within that, I'll say this, when that happened in our district, all of a sudden, I've been looking for help and wanting some connections. But when those mission numbers went up, they're like, oh, that's our buddy out there. That's our friend out there. <laughs> and so then that's when rural kind of got a little bit of traction in, in our area. And so I think now is the most awesome time. If it, Like right now, the stuff that Dwight and Nadine are doing, you know, rural teaching, rural educational stuff, rural compassion, Kent Anderson, Steve Donaldson, Mike Harper in our district. I mean, there is just tons of people. Jerry's killing it over here. This Trinity, man, right? It's just, it is amazing the resources and things that are, that are pointing towards helping people in rural America. So, I mean, now's the time to get it done, you know, get after it. Well, you, you were see them in, don't forget them yeah, They're yeah. I mean, they're even yeah. loving on, they're loving on rural too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here, if you're in the uh, driver's seat and you're looking at planting, Cody says, do it. Get after it. Yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. Don't be waiting. Uh, awesome. Hey, it was great having a conversation with you again. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate your time, your energy. If somebody is interested and not sure where to start or how to get connected or, or to pull the trigger on this thing, can they connect with you? How do they do that? Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, look us at our website, Bethel-Hanson.com at Cody Preacher Man on Instagram, Cody and Jennifer Cochran on Facebook. So yeah, look us up somehow. Yeah. Holler at me. I'll be glad to talk to anybody about anything and I can't teach you much, but energy and passion, but I can direct you to the right place. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Again, thanks for being here. We appreciate hey, it. Hey man, appreciate it.